What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your friend of the neighborhood, Mr. Reese, also known as Reese the Poet. I hope y'all are having a wonderful, exciting day. I know that I am. And I want to welcome you to another episode of The Reset, where value equals vision, breathing no kind is living. It's more than motivation, is change. So, the last episode that I put out was the facts or not the facts. And I got to tell you, man, I got some very interesting responses. I got some really cool people giving me some of their thoughts on the situation. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, as we see, things seem to be going in the direction that I that I that I feared that they would. Um, you know, and and no, once again, I'm not getting into you know deep conspiracies and like that. However, um, it has become very clear that the suspected deeper um, implications of the protocols and things being made on the vaccines and things seem to be happening right before our eyes. Um, and it is one of those things that is, it's unfortunate, but it's something that we need to be aware of. Um, it is something that as we move forward, trying to change this world or better this world, or really move forward and trying to just make the day better, we need to be aware of these things and how it's going to affect society, how it's going to affect culture, how it's going to affect uh, your interactions with people. Um, you know, when you when when uh, recently the vice president, uh, she made a statement on her Twitter, basically alleging that the vaccinated need to be protected from the unvaccinated. And see, those that's the type of language that sets us up for a very uh, different type of culture. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of language, that's the same type of language that was utilized in these um, genocidal regimes in the past. Um, and obviously, is that an extreme, um, is that an, an extreme example? Sure, but that's the beginning. That's the making of the bed. And so, uh, it's just something that we need to be aware of, man. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it. Um, I've had some other things going on in the week, and I kind of want to hit those things first uh, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of sort. Um, so just so y'all know, um, I recently uh, celebrated a birthday. Um, I always forget every year. And so last week, I actually celebrated my birthday for the first time in a long time. Uh, I actually had my family. We went to go eat. And so that was really cool. So, um, you know, when I... When I cross another year, it really makes you reflect. It says, you know, it's another year that has uh, gone by. Um, and, and you think back to the decisions that you made, the choices that you made. You think back to what chances and opportunities did you capitalize on and what did you miss? Um, and if I'm totally honest, I would say I don't think this year has been as productive as I would have wanted to be. Uh, there were certain goals that I wanted to hit that I didn't quite hit. Um, however, I don't believe in I don't believe in losing. There's only winning or there's learning. That's it. You know, anytime that you come up short is an opportunity to learn. And anytime that you learn, you always win. You dig? And so that's just something we want to keep in mind. You know, don't, don't, don't let yourself get to a place where because you might not be where you want to be or you might not have seen the things you wanted to see or you might not have achieved those certain things you wanted to achieve. Don't let that have an impact on your value, on your outlook on life. Don't let that don't let that change the way that you see yourself or the world or your dreams or your destiny. Because guess what? There's going to be shortcomings. There's going to be setbacks. The question becomes, what are you going to do to get back set? Oh, that's good. I like that. 
Let me write that down. There's going to be setbacks, but the question becomes, what are you going to do to get back set? You know, so that's cool. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, recently, as you all know, my grandfather, uh, he made his transition. He passed on and uh, we just had his uh, committal ceremony. Um, and that was and that was a really it was a really empowering experience because he got full military honors and just being there, seeing the support from all the people who showed up, uh, the family. Uh, we thank you for our pastor who came out. He said some words. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm really thankful. Um, I'm thankful for the life that I got to experience with him. Um, this year, a lot of people have been dealing with a lot of loss and a lot of challenges. And it's difficult to get over, especially if you're really close to someone. You know, they always talk about how like at the end, your life flashes before your eyes. I think when you're really close to someone, if you're there at the end, which I was, I believe their life can flash before your eyes too. Every memory, every conversation, every word of wisdom that they gave, you know, every idea or, or laugh that you shared. I think all of those things can come rushing back at once. And um, it's a very sobering experience but it's a it's a it can be it can be it can be heart-wrenching or it can be um heart empowering you know it can be one of those things where you are it's like one of my favorite movies is the last samurai and at the end of the movie you know well if you haven't seen it i'm sorry spoiler alert but at the end of the movie a very significant character passes away or dies in battle and the one survivor is asked by the uh the lost leaders, one of his protégés and students, asked him, can you tell me how he died? And the survivor, he looks up with a tear in his eye and passion, and he says, I will tell you how he lived. And that's the approach that I take with my grandfather. Like, people ask me, oh, was it this, was it that? But at the end of the day, what matters most is how he lived and that he lived a life that was fulfilled. He accomplished everything that he sought to accomplish. And one of those things was pouring everything he could into me. He raised me. You know, I was essentially, uh, he saw me as a second son. Well, technically a third son, but he saw me as a son. And uh, he raised me as such. He poured his knowledge into me. And there are things to this day that I still remember <laughs> that he told me when I was a kid. And honestly, you know how you get stuff as a kid and you're like, eh. But then it comes back and resonates in your mind, especially it hits you when times get tough. And that certain word comes up and it hits you right in the back of the head like, what's up? I know. Yeah, he has plenty of those in my life. And so I'm grateful to have experienced um, a life with him. And I am grateful to have been there at his last breath. Um, and if you have never been there, someone taking their last breath, it's, it is an experience that you can't really necessarily be prepared for. Um, and when it happens, it's it can be so quick that you you can't even process it. It's, it's surreal until it until until someone tells you, you know, until you really realize it. But you can feel it at the same time. So anyway, um, so we had that recently, and that was really cool. Um, and then of course, you know, we um, <laughs> I'm gonna say that I, I I did have an interesting experience. This weekend, where I I talked with a street preacher, uh, 
you know those guys and you know they're on the street and they're you know the kingdom of heaven is at hand and you know you need to repent and you're living and uh, you mean just fire and brimstone and all those things and in most cases I would walk away from that I would just kind of like pray for them and just keep moving um, but in this case I was really compelled to talk to him um, because for many who know or don't know you know um, I am a brother in Christ. I do believe Christ is the way. I do believe that our world is broken. Um, and the only thing that can repair it is the love of God. And it, and it, and it, is, it is Christ. I, I do believe that. Um, and I would love to have that conversation with someone who doesn't. And that's okay. Um, but I also know that as a brother, sometimes we can see each other doing things that may not be as um, beneficial to the cause as we would like them to be. Um, and so I just, I sat back and I watched him preach. And a lot of what he's saying was absolutely true. But the way he was saying it was so sharp. And the way he was saying it was so, um, I listened to the people as they walked past. And I listened to their responses and their comments. And obviously you look past the heckling because of course that's going to happen. But I heard some people who truly deeply were like, whoa, that was scary. That guy frightened me. Whoa. And I believe that our job, I'm not saying we got to do all the gimmicks and all that stuff to attract people. Of course not. But I do know that the word does say that his kindness leads to repentance. And I think there is a certain way that we have to present the gospel. You know, we can't come out there fire and brimstone or you're going to hell. That doesn't, that, I, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. And I think we need to be aware of that. Cause I, and what I told him, I told him something simple. It just kind of dropped in my spirit as I listened to him for a while. I listened to the people and the passersby. And I went up to him. I got him a bottle of water and I said, yo, my man, I, I appreciate your zeal and I appreciate what you're doing. And, you know, and I believe the gospel and, and, and I'm with you, bro. I'm a brother in this. And he goes, Oh, yeah, man, praise God. And then I told him, as a brother, because I love you, I want to share with you. And I asked him, I kind of asked him a question, but made a statement. I say, a lot of what you're saying is absolutely true. But is it possible that we could sometimes lose truth in presentation? And he kind of looked at me, he kind of turned his head a little bit. And he kind of just said, yeah, it's possible. And he kind of brushed me off a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, 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 I, but, I, but my job essentially was just to plant the seed. Because I think the problem becomes that when we're presenting the gospel, we're presenting Jesus or whatever it is that you want to present with the truth that you, whatever you believe, whether it be something about politics, whether it be something about, um, you know, spirituality, whether it be something just about, I don't know, walking down the street or telling a friend that you wish that they would do something different. We have to be very careful in how we present certain truths because tact is very important and presentation matters. When we talk to each other, we have debates we have discussion. Are we actually having a discussion or are we seeking to destroy each other? Are we seeking to tear apart the other person's argument and rip out their soul and make them realize how crazy they sound and da da da? Or are we actually trying to come to an agreement? 
Are we trying to encourage someone to make a better choice or a decision? Sometimes I think we get the wrong idea about that. And I think that's what hurts our uh, society as a whole. Because we, we, we do not have effective communication because we're so busy, caught up in our emotion and our zeal and our passion. And we, yeah, you need to get this and did it. You know, ah, we're doing all this crazy stuff. And reality is what, it, what you're saying may be true, but I don't receive it because of the way you said it. That was an interesting experience. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I just pray for them. And, you know, I appreciate the zeal and passion and uh, zeal. Like I say, zeal without knowledge um, is foolish. But I think that at the same time, the knowledge was there and the zeal was there. But I think it's the tact and presentation. So for anything you want to do, make sure you understand that you have to connect with the person before you can actually connect with the person. You know, so anyway. All right, so I want to shift gears. Uh, you know, I want to kind of do a week in review, um, but I want to shift gears and kind of start with one major event that recently uh, took place as we celebrated 9-11. Um, and this is what I wanted to say earlier, but I decided to wait till now. We celebrated 9-11 recently, and, you know, I don't have much to say about this because I believe that, unfortunately, our society has kind of lost the essence of what 9-11 did. Um, and you probably wonder, okay, what do you mean? Well, we think about 9-11, you think about the lives that were lost. But I read something online that really stuck out to me. He said, the best way that we can commemorate 9-11 is by remembering 9-12. Because the day after 9-11, and people can argue the circumstances and people can argue, oh, well, it really wasn't this and it really was that and whatever. The point is that after 9-12, on 9-12, we came together as a nation. We came together in solidarity. There was no right. There was no left. There was no black, white, none of that. It was you were Americans. And we came together for the common good. It, we truly had the essence of crown thy good with brotherhood. From sea to shining sea. Like we, we true to shining sea. We, we truly came together at that moment when we saw this tragedy that truly impacted the hearts of us all. We didn't care about our different debates and political positions. We didn't care about none of that. We cared about giving each other a helping hand. Seeing each other as equals. Seeing each other as brothers in our country. And as I thought about it recently, I think about the cultural climate, the political climate right now. And of course, I think about the, the, the absolute travesty that is what's going on with the Afghanistan pullout. And I wrote this down. I say it is ironic that on 9-11, we're quick to uh, fly our flags and commemorate and say, never forget. And yet today, it would seem we have totally forgotten those things for which that flag flies for. It would seem we have totally forgotten the blood that was shed for this nation. We have forgotten the solidarity that we once had. The famous saying, united we stand and divided we fall. 
And yet we see ourselves so divided. And we know this truth. But we reject it. And we continue to fight amongst ourselves. And to be honest with you, do we need another major, major event? Do we need another major catastrophic event to bring ourselves together? To let us, to help us reunify? I would hope not, but I would dare to say that we are seeing that now. It may not be the towers being hit. It may not be a bomb going off, but I believe our culture is absolutely under attack. The soul of our nation is being targeted. Every aspect and facet of the foundational principles of just humanity is truly under attack right now. Foundational truths are under attack. I believe that right now we face another crossroads. And the question becomes, will we unite or will we divide? And if we choose to divide, the truth is that it's only a matter of time before we meet the same end that every other great civilization in the past has, has met. I mean, you think about, I believe I would liken America to a modern day Rome. That's who we are. And unfortunately, Rome was never conquered. We talk about this. It was corrupted and corroded and divided from the inside. When we forget why we stand, we begin to fall. When I think about 9-11, I think about the 20 years that we spent fighting. And one could argue about the battle. One could argue about why we were there. One could argue that we should have never been there in the first place. But at the end of the day, we were there. And people paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to live, breathe, pursue our dreams, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We, people, brothers, sisters, cousins, mothers, daughters, uh, fathers, they gave everything only for us to turn around and culturally, socially, politically turn our backs and betray them. And that's just how I feel about it. I mean, I, either way, when we say never forget, we must truly never forget. And we cannot allow the stresses and the challenges and the disagreements cause us to forget the foundational principles. My fellow man. That's what we have to get back to. That is the only hope. Yeah, I think about children. You ever seen children fighting over a, you ever seen children fighting over a toy or a piece of clothing? And they're pulling back and forth, pulling back. Mine, mine, mine. They're pulling back and forth. And eventually what happens? The fabric tears. Well, that's what I picture right now with our flag. And people can argue about the flag and, and all of that stuff. But I think the metaphor, the analogy that I'm using is I see our nation as the flag and it's being pulled back and forth. Mine, mine, mine. No, this way. No, that way. This is right. This is right. This is wrong. This is wrong. We're pulling back and forth. And unless we figure out that if we don't work together, the veil is going to tear. The fabric is going to tear. And that's what I see happening in our world right now. Lost love, unconditional.
and that's reality. <sighs> I know that's real heavy, but I think it's something we really need to take a time to think about. Is your current disagreement or argument or your position worth tearing apart the fabric of society? And and speaking of that, I'm just let I want to let that sit. Is your current disposition a problem or disagreement or political position? Is it worth tearing apart the very fabric of the society that we're supposed to be fighting for? Because that's what's happening. And I and I wish we could see it. I need us to see it. Because if we don't see it, the rug we pulled, it'll be pulled right from under us. And before you know it, we will fall deeper and deeper into a hole. And we will get to a place where it's at the point of no return. Everything that we live for can be lost. We don't want that. But even though we don't want it, if we don't open our eyes to see the signs of it, it's inevitable. So I want to take a quick second to do a shout out for everybody who did respond. I mentioned earlier, but I got some responses about the Vax and Novax uh, episode. Um, I, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you guys reaching out. Some people said they appreciate the perspective and they've been struggling trying to have these conversations, but they can't seem to have a civil conversation because it's, you know, people just are, oh, vax, no vax, eh. you know, um, you're evil, you know, and all that kind of stuff, kind of what we talked about. Um, and I, and, and I, I am grateful for those who did listen and listened all the way through and, and got that and I appreciate it. And then for those who disagree, I, I am thankful for you too. Because this is what helps us grow. Iron sharpens iron. I like to hear your perspectives. I had a buddy of mine. He told, and I will say, there's a buddy of mine. We had these conversations all the time. For the most part, we agree on a lot of things. But in this particular case, um, we, we, we I, I presented some information. He presents his information. And here we kind of clash, right? Um, but he said, he made a statement that I will say that really stuck out to me. Um, and I... Ooh, I had to really think about it. And we haven't had a chance to follow up on it. And, and I plan on talking to him. But he made a statement that I've been really processing that he said, because we were talking about the vac- vaccination mandates um, and how they're coming out more and more, just like I unfortunately thought. We're seeing if you don't do this, you can't do that. If you don't do this, you can't do that. What we talked about last week, uh, last episode. And But he made a statement. I said, do you, do you, I asked him, you know, do you, kind of see the implications of those types of things and where this could go. It's not about the, the vaccine itself. It's about the, the protocol that's in place, what's being brought down the pipe. And one thing he said, and I asked the question, is it the government's job to protect the people or to provide an environment for which the people might protect themselves? And his response was, you know, on the government end, he said he doesn't know where it ends, but when it comes to the public health and safety you know, the government has to step in. And what he said was, it is obvious that people have not proven themselves worthy to govern themselves or capable of governing governing themselves. And so the government has to step in. 
and essentially do it for them. That is a dangerous statement. What do they say? The nine most dangerous words are, hey, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. I think that's not. That's what uh, Reagan said years ago. But when you say the people have proven themselves unworthy or incapable of governing themselves. And so the government has to step in. Those are some ominous words. And those are some dangerous words. Because we've heard statements like that before. We've seen that when the government has to be, and, and here's my other question. So the people haven't proven themselves capable of governing themselves and the government has? And mind you, I, I'm not here to get into no anti-government, you know, anti-establishment type of talk, but you, but of all people, the government has proven themselves worthy and capable of governing? Does that make sense to you? I, I can't, I cannot agree with that. Um, but I look forward to having more conversation with them. And I hope that you listeners, I hope that you guys will think about that. Do you believe the people have proven themselves worthy of governing themselves? Should that even be a question on the table? Where does the, where does freedom end and where do rights begin and where does uh, the government's job and role step in? I mean, I just, I just, I, I just, I think when we look at the foundational principles of what this nation was supposed to be and the way the constitution is written, I, I just, I, and the declaration of independence, I, I just, I think that we have lost sight of what this was supposed to be. I mean, government has gotten far too big already. Um, we, this is a, this is a, a total complete corruption of what once was. Um, and so to say things like the, the people have, I don't know, that just hit me. It just hit different. Maybe you have different thoughts. I look forward to hearing your feedback on that. Um, and brother, I, trust me, I ain't, ain't no issues. You know, it's all love. Um, and I look forward to reaching out and having a conversation with you about some stuff. Um, I've just been really busy running for pillar to post. Um, but things are changing rapidly. Culture is changing rapidly. Things are becoming more and more unstable and more dangerous. Uh, we are border, We are really stepping on the borders of books like 1984. Uh, uh, Thought processes like uh, Aldous Huxley had back in the day, we we're beginning to step into some very dangerous territory. We're beginning to see some different implications that are being. We're beginning to see the bed is being laid for some for some very challenging times. And I believe there's challenging times ahead. And I believe that we need to come together and put our differences aside and understand that we're going to have to start helping each other. We're going to have to start building each other up because our world is changing rapidly. And particularly if you stand for the church, our churches are being ripped apart. <laughs> our leadership is being led in all different kinds of directions. Our congregations are being split down the middle. <clears throat> it is it's tough. It's tough to see. However, there is always hope with every breath that we have. Now, and as I mentioned it, I think I mentioned this before, but every day, I heard this on TikTok, you wake up every day with two things and it stuck with me. Every day you wake up with a chance and a choice. The chance is the life, the breath that you get another breath of fresh air is a gift. 
And then from that moment, you have a choice to, to, to decide what you're going to do with it. We have an opportunity right now to truly make a choice. Every breath that we have, there is hope. And so I leave you with this. I read a quote a while back that really stuck with me. And it was, sometimes it's not about getting shelter from the storm, but learning to dance in the rain. In the midst of all of this craziness, in the midst of all of this, 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 I don't even know the word, in the midst of all of this dysfunction, we cannot be a people broken. We have to rise up and be resilient. We can never let anything affect our joy. And we have to learn to stand up. And you know what? We may not be able to do anything about the storm, but I can learn to dance in the rain. I can turn, I can choose to lead in lightning, in the midst of lightning. When you hear thunder and lightning and craziness going on, I hear a snare and bass. I hear rhythm. I hear a new opportunity to rise up. I hear an opportunity for me to dance, to show off what I'm capable of. I, I, can, I can feel the fire rising inside of me that will blow away the clouds. That is what we are capable of. We are a nation of resilience. We are a people of power. And no matter what, we have the ability to make a choice. We have the ability to stand. And I would just pray that we can open our eyes and choose to stand united. And that's all I got. Hey, it's always a pleasure. My name is Mr. Reese, also known as Reese the Poet. And remember, value equals vision. Breathing don't count as living. It's more than motivation. It's change. It's time to rise up. All right. See y'all next time. Oh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Reese the Poet.